I've got an interview with Grant Hubbard on the first Employee Spotlight episode of the T2 Community Podcast. This is the first episode that's focused on the employee spotlight for the month. And this month is Grant Hubbard, who is an associate product manager here at T2. These will come out on the third Friday every month. So the plan is a normal episode on the first Friday and then the employee spotlight on the third Friday. And if you haven't heard it yet, the release that came out a couple weeks ago is me playing catch up and I have interviews with Kush and Melina, who were the previous employee spotlight. So check that out if you hadn't. But this is the first official one. I hope you enjoy the interview with Grant Hubbard and provide any feedback for me on the community site. Here's my interview with Grant. All right. So the OR Fellowship, and is that how it's pronounced, OR? That is correct. Okay. Um, Something I've always wondered about just because, you know, we have a few employees that came into that. So um, how does that work exactly? I assume it's some kind of program you apply for through your school, but, but how do you get started in that? Yeah, yeah. So the fellowship is a, is a two-year program after you graduate. Um, but essentially, it's kind of a it's a fellowship here in Indianapolis that its goal it started in 2001, and the goal was really to bring uh, individuals postgraduate to Indianapolis that otherwise might go to East Coast or West Coast. Um, I think essentially that the, the term was coined the brain drain. Um, you've got Purdue, IU, Notre Dame, Butler, all these great universities in Indiana that students grew up here, graduated here, and then left. Um, so really the program was designed to bring uh, those individuals and retain them here in Indianapolis. But uh, the way it kind of works in terms of recruitment aspect is um, you go through the process and get recruited um, and interviewed by or fellowship. And then T2, as well as other companies in Indianapolis, um, kind of sign up for the program. And it all um, kind of uh, accumulates into what is basically called uh, the final estate. Uh, so before that, I've never talked to any companies. I have no idea who I'm going to talk to. Uh, but at finalist day, it's essentially speed dating. Um, every candidate will interview with four different companies and every company interviews eight different candidates. So that's just kind of how the numbers work out. Uh, but as a candidate, I don't have any say really into what companies I, uh, I interview with. Uh, but yeah, finalist day I interviewed with T2 as well as three others. Um, and then they kind of do their rankings. I'll do my rankings. Um, and then it just kind of gets shuffled out at the end, uh, based upon company preference. Um, and then just kind of how candidates rank everyone. Uh, and then you get kind of connected to a host company. And then after that, um, you know, we do obviously do different activities and professional development with, or throughout our two years. Um, but fellows go and work at those host companies in, in a variety of different aspects, um, just kind of depending on what that company needs and, and kind of how they set up their or fellowship program internally. Uh, based on what you know, is it is it pretty common for those companies that then retain those afterwards, or are you kind of a rare exception? Yeah, yeah. I think there's about like a 60% um, retention rate within the companies themselves and about another 20% stay uh, in the city of Indianapolis, whether that's um, with another host company or um, whatever the case may be. So um, then staying on after your, after your two years, I think it's around like a 60% retention rate okay. um, and then an 80% total within the city. So uh, it's definitely had some good results for, for the city as a whole. As someone who grew up in the state, was it, were you kind of eyeing getting out of the state eventually or was this kind of right up your alley with wanting to stay close to home? 
Yeah, I think at first um, I kind of had aspirations to get out of the state. Um, and it just kind of, it was for me, it was more of the opportunity for postgraduate. I had a couple internships um, that I, at a, at a company that I enjoyed. I just didn't see that being my kind of career path. Um, so for me, it was more of the opportunity that kind of, I wanted to pursue the opportunity more than I wanted to go on an adventure somewhere else. Um, but, uh, I guess that's kind of that reason that I took it for, for lack of better words. But now, um, I'm from, from the Southern part of the state. So only about an hour to home to see mom and dad. And, um, I'm a, I'm a huge Purdue sports fan. So I get up to Purdue to watch basketball and football games all the time. So Indianapolis is a great place to call home. That's kind of in the middle of both of those. Yeah. It's always good to be just far enough away from home that you've got some distance, but you can get back quick if you need to. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, so you mentioned before that you worked as an SDR, which I believe is a sales development representative. Yeah. Um, was that a big change for you? Cause I know, um, you kind of, it was kind of mostly just tech background, but now dealing with the sales aspect, um, did you find that a good experience or was it a big stretch for you? Uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, so the reason, the part of the reason kind of going back to my, my pursuit of ore and I, I was an engineering by degree engineer by degree um, and really just didn't know if I wanted to do that, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and I kept telling people, these are the things I enjoy. These, this is what I think I'll, I'll, I'll like to pursue and what I'll find, you know, enjoyment, um, from a day-to-day perspective and everyone, and I kept explaining and everyone kept saying, that sounds like sales. That sounds like sales. That sounds like sales. Uh, but obviously with an engineering background and, and new, uh, kind of young in my early, in my career, uh, I didn't have any experience in sales. So for me, it was, um, you know, this is where you start in sales. So, uh, kind of got the opportunity. Um, it is SDR life and sales life is something that I guess now I have a, a extreme appreciation for. Um, it, it's definitely a tough, a tough gig. You think, oh yeah, I can pick up the phone and call 10 people today and that's no big deal. Um, but actually doing it, actually getting on the phone and calling some random city from five states over and, and asking them, you know, what do you currently use for your parking operation? Uh, is there any chance that you'd be looking for something else? Um, but trying to do it in a way that's, that's truly helpful and not just the, you know, fourth or fifth person to call that day or call that week. That's trying to sell them something, uh, it's something that I think everyone should really have to do at some point. Um, but it, it was definitely challenging. I have a lot of respect for anyone who's an SDR and and can kind of grind through that and have success with it. Um, but for me, it was, I thought that's kind of what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to pursue sales, realize not quite the avenue that, uh, that I wanted to go down. Um, but it definitely gave me a good perspective. And I think really, uh, kind of now in the product role, it it makes it more of an understanding of this is how quick and how concise, we have to be with our messages and how we have to, you know, you might only have someone on the phone or have their attention for 30 seconds. You've got to explain what your product does and why it's beneficial um, in such a way that it makes sense and it grabs their attention uh, early on, or you've lost them and you might not ever get their attention again. So it, uh, it definitely was a good, a good uh, lesson learned and a good understanding of kind of what our sales individuals go through and, and kind of their day-to-day grind they have to go through. Yeah, I think that's invaluable because, I mean, as I'm sure you figured out, when when you don't have a parking background, um, like if you're just focused on maybe the coding and stuff like that, you don't really know 
what needs departments have or parking departments have. So you may just say like, well, why would anyone ever want that? But then when you hear the whys, it's like, oh, I get the bigger picture now. So I yeah. know support yeah. really appreciates that interaction we have with our customers. And so I'm sure any other department within T2 that has that regular contact really gets a lot of benefit out of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the parking industry is one where everybody everybody kind of generally does the same uh, activities. It, you have the same sort of operational, um, I'm going to say guidelines, but everybody does things a little bit differently. And that just goes based upon, um, you know, how your university operates, limitations. Are you in a city environment? Are you, um, you know, out in a remote area? Um, but I think it, it really did make me get the, all of a sudden people would call in and, and they would start to explain how they thought they could get from A to B. Um, and you, you, you had to sit there and think through, okay, they're, they're trying to get here from, I always use the, the metaphor of they're trying to get from, from Indianapolis to uh, Los Angeles on a direct flight. And that's great, but we don't necessarily offer a direct flight. A direct flight is more expensive and it'll get you there faster, but it's going to, it's going to take a lot more money, a lot more cost. Um, and we don't quite offer that, but we can get you there. Maybe an indirect flight, maybe it's a car ride. Um, but just trying to, to understand what the avenue they're going down um, and trying to kind of say, okay, we can still do that for you. It's just not necessarily in that, in that vision or that picture that you had, but still trying to per, you know show them the confidence and show them that you're understanding what they're meaning and we're still going to solve the problem for you. Just maybe not in the way that you envisioned um, and kind of in your head and trying to get, get, gain that confidence and trust in them that you're still able to kind of um, fulfill the need and expectation that they have. Do you still have those customer interactions in your, your new role or did that kind of end with the, the SDR role? Um, definitely have the customer interactions still. It's not as much. Um, most of that time now, it's it's kind of current customers, um, not necessarily the the calls the calls in from potential new leads, potential new customers. Um, I do once in a while, a couple of the SDRs will, sit, will, sit, will shoot me a Slack message and say, hey, can we do this? Um, and it's, it's one of those where I, I kind of, I kind of chuckle in, 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 in a good way of, wow, I never really thought, could we do that? Um, so it is kind of a fun game to work with them through that. Uh, but now it's more of a, of a current customer um, kind of conversation and working with them maybe about what they, what they, you know, it's kind of on their wish list for future, um, future development or future releases um, or maybe, you know, a, a future customer about, you know, this is, this is maybe why, you know, they're looking to pursue T2, but these might be the two or three things that they have questions on, um, or they're wondering about how we go about solving those. So, um, really in the product management role, it's actually even more critical, uh, to talk with customers and have those interactions because, um, you know, they're the ones that are really kind of setting the tone for what the industry and the market really needs. Um, so those conversations are, are even more common. Um, it's just kind of a different type of conversation that we have as opposed to um, the new and kind of unknown uh, customer that I, I talked to before. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so I was creeping on your LinkedIn profile, and, and you mentioned this earlier, but I saw that you have your degree in mechanical engineering, um, which is a little different. So how how is that role or how has that um, knowledge played a role here at T2? Sure. Um, I think overall, uh, I just the understanding of it takes a little bit more uh, than meets the eye to get things done. Um, and, and working with engineers, 
to know that um, you've got to be specific. You've got to really hash out the details. Um, just saying we need you to build this can mean a hundred different things. Um, so really, I think it's more of the the precision, the, the communication, the understanding of, you know, I, they're the ones that, that need to tell me what we can do and what we can't do. Um, and I need to trust them on that because it, it's, it's, they're the experts. That's their, it's their job. It's their role to kind of push back or, or talk about what the limitations are. Um, but I think that's, I mean, that really, that's kind of a very broad stroke. Um, obviously we're not going, th- I'm not dealing with, um, any sort of materials or molding, um, or any sort of testing of that sorts. Um, but I think just that understanding of what it really means to, to develop and create and some of the exact details, um, you kind of need to put in quote unquote, the recipe, um, so that when it comes out of the oven, it, it all makes sense. You get it. Um, so I don't think there's anything specifically for my degree, uh, that I'm using, unfortunately, I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad, I, you know, how much, uh, how much that degree costs, but um, I think just the knowledge and kind of understanding and communication with those individuals that that are in charge of that understanding kind of where they're coming from and how precise and kind of on that level that you have to understand and discuss um, the different aspects to get something out the door. I think generally, even if you're working in a role that doesn't necessarily match with your degree, you still pick up skills because I mean, I have a project management degree, but I'm in IT support, so Pretty yeah, different, absolutely. but you still, you know, you like you're just working mini projects instead of cases. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Last question. How has your time as Purdue Pete played a role in your job at T2? <laughs> um, how has Purdue Pete played a role in my job <laughs> at T2? Um, I think it's it's uh from a professional side of things, um, I don't know. I tend to be someone who's, who's pretty optimistic, try to be positive um, and just put things into perspective. Um, so I guess then a way that that might be it. Uh, just, you know, work can work can drag sometimes, obviously now and everyone's remote in the middle of uh, this COVID world we live in. It, it, it does drag you down sometimes. But I think just kind of an optimistic uh, trying to trying to bring others up and put others in a mood a good mood of, um, you know, even when, even when, uh, you know, we might have a couple of, uh, quote unquote fires that we need to put out. But I think overall it, maybe from that standpoint, it, it, uh, I just kind of have that, my personality, um, you know, whether it's a, a gift to someone as a response, whatever the case may be, just trying to put the team in a good mood, um, and just kind of bring up the spirits because work is work and, and trying to take care of everyone else. Uh, and, and be, you know, be a human, be a person, uh, I think is, is a, is huge role outside of that. Um, I think at T2, it's funny because obviously now I've been here for, for three and a half years and my first few months, I, it was like every person either, either introduced me as this is Grant. He's a, he's new to T2. He's an or fellow and he was Purdue Pete at Purdue. Uh, and so then we'd go and ask all these questions, uh, but I think now it's even funnier when I'll, I'll get to know certain individuals at T2 or they may have known, known me for a while and all of a sudden someone, for some other reason, it gets brought up and all of a sudden someone just kind of has that look to me that looks to me and goes, wait a minute, you, you are a mascot. And <laughs> I kind of laugh. And, and at first I don't know if it really, it really hits them or they'd really understand. They're like, so you were, you know, you were in, in the suit. I'm like, yeah, I was in the suit. I did all that. Um, 
I think the other day someone someone didn't know and they slacked me and they said I so I heard this thing about you and I sent them a couple of pictures and they, and they were just like oh my oh my never would have thought <laughs> um, but it it makes it fun uh, it makes it definitely something unique to talk about and um, people start asking all these questions about you know what's it like to be a mascot what does that mean and uh, it's it's definitely something that is a whole different a whole different industry and, and world out there that. I uh, never would have thought I'd be a part of and, and definitely unfortunate now, but it's, it puts a different spin on things when you're watching, when you're watching games and you see uh, mascots in the crowd or doing different things. It just, it, it gives you a whole different perspective on that right. life. Well, I got to give you props for coming up with a good answer like that on the spot. Um, very <laughs> impressed. Um, well, that's, that's all I've got. I, I definitely appreciate your time and I know support is appreciated you uh, being so engaging with us and, and giving us heads up on stuff. So, um, I think you're doing a great job and, um, once again, just, just thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to help support. And yeah, you guys definitely, you guys definitely are the front line sometimes of, uh, having to deal with having to deal with issues. And so, uh, I definitely understand that your job isn't always easy. So anything I can do to help it, uh, it's, it makes my day as well helping others. So I appreciate that. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I've got the next episode coming out first Friday of next month in August. So I'll talk to you then. Thanks.